everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing, the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genre. we got a new Issue coming out soon this week will include my conversation with the debut memoirist Deanne Pomerantz. Fascinating woman, fascinating conversation. That should be coming out in just a couple days. You can find all that at authormagazine.org. And we are funded by the fabulous Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Put on a great writers' conference every year. As part of that conference, we have a uh, We uh, host the Nancy Pearl Book Award uh, for published authors and also uh, the PNWA Writing Award for books that are not yet stories and books that are not yet published. Uh, If you want to be a part of that, if you want to submit your work for that contest, it's a great contest, pretty prestigious contest. You can find out all about it at pnwa.org. That's pnwa.org. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I'm going to be teaching at, in Wenatchee, Washington at Right on the River, a special one-day intensive on February 24th, Wenatchee, Washington. It's like a one-day intensive workshop where I'll be doing fearless writing and also be reading some of the students' work and talking to them about it. If you live in the Northwest and you'd like to attend, you can uh, go to my website, williamkenauer.com. I've got a link right there on the front page, I believe, uh, linking to that event. I think it will be a great day there out in Wenatchee, which is a lovely part of town, even in February. So check it out. Uh, Well, oh, you tuned into a good one today. Uh, My guest is Martin Moran, who is a man of many talents. He's an actor who, uh, with too many stage and screen credits to list here. We would never get to the interview. But he's also, most recently, completed uh, the off-Broadway run of his one-man play, All the Rage, which received the 2013 Lucille Lortel Award and the Outer Critics Circle nomination for Outstanding Solo Show. He received an Obie and two, two Drama Desk nominations for a 2004 solo play, The Tricky Part, which was based on his memoir of the same title. Now, the Tricky Part Memoir won the 2005 Lambda Nonfiction Prize and a Barnes & Noble Discovery Award, but we are going to be talking about his latest memoir, All the Rage, A Quest, which was an adaptation of that one-man show. Martin, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. I, it's a great pleasure to be here from where the sun has already set in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bet it has. It's not yeah. yet set out here. In the Pacific Northwest, but uh, listen, I, as I was chatting, I was chatting with you just before the show. I very much enjoyed all the rage. It's a tricky subject that I think you handle beautifully. I have to say, Thank you. but perhaps uh, I know you've probably had to do this already. But would you be willing to tell our audience ever so briefly what this book is about? Briefly, I guess. Briefly, yeah. It's a it's a tough to make brief because it is a kind of swirling meditation on the question of anger. Yeah, just sort yeah. of a spiraling around the, the question of anger. I, I, like many memoirists, wrote about the thing that 
felt like an imperative to write about, which was my growing up right. Catholic and uh, gay, as it turned out, and, and so sex and death and Catholicism. So when I wrote that first book, a lot of people asked me, wow, that's an amazing book, and it's so sort of beautiful and harmonious and full of humor. Where's your anger? Where's your anger? And that question began to grip me deeply uh, to such a degree that, uh-oh, I, you know, the only way to answer was to write about it. And uh, a second memoir was born, All the Rage, which has to do with my look at anger through the prism of my own story, but through the prism also of working with refugees and immigrants who are seeking yeah. asylum in the United States, my brother, my father, my family, and, um, you know, just really trying to penetrate where anger and compassion meet, I think, and where that dance yeah. exists at the center of our lives, being human on this planet, uh, you know, bouncing as we do between love and fear and between anger and acceptance, I think. Well, and and one of the primal elements of the story, which I thought was great when you, because uh, there are th- two of the main storylines, uh, well, there's a bunch of them, but two of the main threads are your relationship to um, this one particular refugee, and uh, now I can't remember how to pronounce his name. Siba. It's yeah. Siba, thank you, very simple, Siba. Sure. Um, and his very dramatic life in yes. in um, Africa, wasn't it? Was it mm-hmm. Africa? Yes, or Chad, it? From, yeah. from Chad, Chad right. yes. Yeah, he was a refugee, and he experienced terrible torture there mm-hmm. and violence. And then an experience you had with one, with a kind of a lay Catholic man. Was he? Yes. A lay, he wasn't a priest. He was like a lay. He was at a boys' uh, Catholic camp uh, filled right. with you know um, employees who were seminarians mostly, and he was on his way right. to becoming a seminarian, I think, but never became one. But yes, my experience right. being molested as a kid, and I think yeah, those. I think looking at uh, probably in a sim, you know to put it in simple terms the experience of that trauma or the explosion in my own life and in right. a sense uh, the the way it I looked at and the way it resonated with understanding Seba's story of having been a young person tortured and uh, you know how I could even dare compare but it's just the the human well. experience the human experience I think of is it uh, Dostoevsky. Was it was it Dostoevsky? I think it was he who said, "Who is to say?" I think it was he, and I'm paraphrasing to say that the the suffering of the countess in the box seat because she has a pebble in her shoe is less than the man in the street begging for bread. That he said, in the end, who can measure suffering? And right. How do you? I, do I, yeah, I think it's you know you can't measure it and i think you can only look at things from within your own journey in your own skin and uh it's obviously too i think if we're awake enough to look at it it's what cracks us open to empathize to understand to lift the veil that that between us among us and i think understanding each other's human plight is you know just a central part of our journey of being here and uh in my case it happened to be what happened in that Catholic context in a middle American Catholic home. And in this young man's case, uh, growing up in a small village in in, the, in an ethnic group that was, you know, a tribal group that was being uh, wiped out by another tribal group. Right. And uh, yeah. he had to flee and uh, come to this, thank God he at that point was able to come 
to America. It's incredibly upsetting to think that Chad has now been added to that list of countries that are are barred from our our from the United States. Right oh, now. it was. Was yeah, it was really? added, you know, a few weeks ago. I missed ago. that. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, great. Because, you know, some notion <laughs> of, uh, you know, a mu- another Muslim country. Right. Anyway, right. that's a whole other can of worms. That's but, another conversation we could You know, and, and actually, but I will say about that, what, reading this book, and so let me just say one thing to our readers, our listeners, first of all, and it's very important. So we're talking about torture and molestation and anger. and However, Martin did a a, a, a really a masterful job of making this a very readable book. It's extremely readable. Part of it is some, some unique craft choices you made, but it reads so easily. And I don't know if you set out to do that, but this is a difficult subject. It's a meditation, like you said, and yet it, is, it reads so, for me anyway, easily. Um, well, I'm glad. You made it Thanks. enterable. You made it an enterable story. Thanks. Uh, it wasn't I a punishment. I mean, <laughs> well, I think you know, as a as a storyteller and, and as yourself, to, you know, as storytellers, you know, a, an enormous part of that for me is humor and beautiful yeah. sentences and uh, directness and uh, humor. I'll say it again, because yeah. in the end, in the end, you know, the the uh, the not knowing, the absurdity of being on the planet. You know, there you just it's you scratch your head, and you know the Buddhists say practice don't know mind. I just don't right. know. I mean, it's all ultimately a mystery, and in that pain and suffering of any particular kind, you know that to be able to to uh, laugh at it not easily, but to say really it is just um, it's laughable at times how how nutty we are. This species, well, this sapient, the sapiens. Well. You know? <laughs> aren't we and what's funny in the middle of the book in the middle of the story a lot of the story you're in the middle of performing spam a lot yes <laughs> of all things yes, yes. but I mean talk Which about you know, such Monty an interesting Python. contrast it, it is and you know when you think about you know it is interesting I've thought about this because the Monty Python those fellas were all born around and you know into a devastated devastated London yes at World yeah. War Two. And, you know, they lived through deprivation, bombed-out buildings as little kids, you know, growing up. So these are guys that are writing these incredibly funny skits about uh, socialism or about having your arm chopped off or about – Right. And, yeah. and incredibly funny. And, you know, Mike Nichols, not to name but what who directed Spamalot, he always used he to did? take us – Yes. He used to take us through oh. these exercises where he'd say – do you understand that the, the scene is incredibly freaking funny because <laughs> because it comes out of blood and death and you know those guys you know this you know tearing each other apart in the forest or yeah, killing yeah. each other because the th- the two thirds majority vote is not uh, not equal to the majority vote and Mike Mike would say <laughs> now remember when you're doing this people died for this so it's serious. <laughs> And it, right. the more serious you got about it, the more people laugh. I mean, that's the genius of Monty. Anyway, so there I was, right. in, in, you know, being with a survivor of torture, helping him with his asylum by day, and at night performing in Monty Python's Spamalot. And of course, the I don't, you know, just the buffeting between those worlds. And I thought, you know, it's it's this too. All happens on God's earth. You know, all that's of it. right. Yeah, and. And the, what I felt reading this book, I thought this is a book. 
that asked the question to me, this is what I, mm-hmm. it came up for me, is what does it mean to be human? Because mm. the two fundamental questions are rage and forgiveness, right? Anger yes. and forgiveness. In and this book, yes. In this book. Because yeah. it's so much about forgiveness and so much about anger. And how, because both things live in you. And you know, mm. and you know you can't live just in anger. You can't, I don't, I don't think, you can't do no. it. No, well, it'll kill you, yeah. It'll kill you. Yeah. And yet and, it's there. Yeah, and and it's also a fuel. It's a it's an energy. I think a lot of what I was trying to get to and understand in the book was I personally felt afraid of it. I felt very terrified of anger. Yeah. And then I would understand. I began to understand that, you know, Gandhi, obviously, you know, Gandhi would say, "Think of course I got angry." But the question right. is, you know, I can't explain it to you all the anger. He said the question is what I turn it into. And and I think that, you know, that bodhisattva or that sense of serving somehow, serving the world, but you've kind of, you've got to, you know, acknowledge and be aware of your own uh, relationship with anger, your own anger, in order to transform it, I think. And that's part of yeah. it. But but when you say, you know you can't live in anger, it's true. It's 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 as you though you, something is around your throat and you're allowing it to run your life and... You know, they say the the most selfish thing you can do ultimately is to forgive. In a sense, to take take save your own life by saying, "I'm not going to give that power to the person I feel ruined my life." Or, you know, uh, yeah. I need to f- that that is liberation. You know, is to is to find to understand that that I am him or her and they are me. We are one. We're yeah. in this together. We're in this together, and it's really. Well, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I'm one of the things I do is I coach people, writers. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a life coach for writers. But I teach, and a lot of them are writing memoir and self help, and m- almost all of them have been through something quite traumatic in their life. Something, mm-hmm. you know, just some. I can't believe some of the stories that they're sharing. Right, but what right. I've come to understand about that, and I have my own version of this, not as dramatic, but just as transformative, is so like the experience you had with. The, I think his name was Bob. You, at least you called yes. him Bob, I think, in this mm-hmm. book. Um, the experience you had with him, as awful as it was, I think if, if you're like all the clients I have, that experience creates within you such an intense question about sex and intimacy and boundaries and love and trust at such a young age that those questions can go on even with the anger but to fuel mm-hmm. great answers. Do you well, understand? Yeah. In other words, yeah. the, the more yeah. intense the question, the be- And so, as much as he was a villain, he also provided intense creative questions for you that I'm sure you've been living out ever since. Yes, I mean, as long as one is not utterly dismantled by what happens, right? If one, right. If one survives, then in fact, you know, there's a line in in my book at one point in the my first memoir. I say, is it is it possible? that what harms us might come to restore us. And right. it's, you know, I love what you said at the beginning of your program when you just said if you're, you know, writing, you're, you're what did you say? You're living your life what, to, to, what, to write. What it takes to, to write the book you want to write is what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. I, I think that's so so true because, and for other people it may play itself out in other forms of expression and creativity, but there's no question, Bill, what exactly what you're saying. I had to write 
and that mm-hmm. was because of the question that was roiling at the center of me. But oh, that question is more than a writing question. It's a it's a path it's, toward God. It's a path toward whatever right. source, toward source, toward yep. toward the breath that 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 which breathes us all. That yeah. that which breathes us. You know, and if you're the ache of it is actually. I began to realize more and more as I get older and older is is, an, is energy. It's it's energy yeah. to be harnessed, and that question is a guide. No question, it's a guide. Yeah. Well, and, and the bigger the question, what happens for a lot of people I know, the question gets asked super young. For a lot of them, they're in their teens or much younger when mm-hmm. they have no capacity to answer it. But mm-hmm. the energy yeah. of the question is huge. I mean, what is intimacy? Yeah. Oh my God! You know, so now you, but it, but you're asking it, and the answer's coming. It wants to be answered, just like, just like when you ask the question, like, how should I say this next line? What's the best way to write this next sentence? That's a question, and you open up, and the answer comes. But when you ask, what is the be- what is the relationship between anger and forgiveness? That's a huge question. It is with, huge. It's interesting. Right? And I, and filled as replete with with many other questions unpeeling. But That's I right. love what you just said about happening at a young age because it's as though what is locked in your consciousness at that point into your into your very flesh and bone as you as you grow if you're blessed to grow and have enough support and food and shelter to <laughs> continue to grow that though that those questions lodged in your consciousness in that you know soul and ego and body and mind at that age you know be, they play out and it's it's amazing. It's a, it has a kind of wisdom, and to listen to it is hard. It's challenging, but it leads yeah. that that wholeness and healing is what comes from listening, writing about it, speaking about it, singing about it, painting about it, hugging about it, making love about it. It's yeah. the energy of energy of life. Yeah, it is. And and creativity to me is tuning into the creative energy of life. I mean, writing one or public speaking or acting, whatever, it's all the same stuff, um, mm-hmm. is tuning into that creative flow of life. And one of the, you know, interesting, one of the reasons I love teaching is because students will ask me questions I haven't asked myself. Yeah. They'll say, well, how do you go deep into a scene or how do you write a scene? You know, and the better the question, how do you find time to write? The better the question that I haven't asked, now that's a new question for me that brings new answers. Yeah. And do you find this, Bill, I'm wondering, I, I found in the journey of teaching myself as well and writing memoir that the deeper I go and the more I do it, the more I realize it's me and not me. That it's, you know, the, that you find that... That the deeper, memoir deep, character is you and not you? No, I mean even in a larger sense that it's uh, when somebody asks you a question you've not asked yourself before or yeah. or when you're discovering, you're charting new territory or just the act, that, that ache, that question that's in you is the human question. It's actually the, you know, it's not Marty, oh, it's not Bill. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's consciousness itself <laughs> yes. asking itself, what are we doing oh, here? I, and, <laughs> how, and how do we come to love one another? How do we come to wake up to the truth that we are one, we are not separate? And to me, yeah. all of this energy is storytelling, teaching, this program speaking to each other in this very second, in this moment, yep. is this constant invitation to remember and to awake to us, our connectedness, 
our oneness, and it's so hard I, because because <laughs> you know we hit each other. Well, because you're other. there in New York, and I'm here in <laughs> Seattle. So right. how can we be one? It doesn't make it, but it's it it's, it sort of defies sort of the rational mind, and yet there's a very powerful scene in the book where you had a conversation that I've had before, where you guys, you and this friend, were talking about a movie. Uh, the the reader is it called the, is it the reader with Kate oh, Winslet yes yes <laughs> right yes, and I actually yes. haven't seen the movie so I don't know but I but she plays a Nazi mm-hmm. concentration camper and but the question is is she human because she did this horrible thing what right. she did was unforgivable and your answer was we have to call her human well yeah even or though she, that, yeah she is we are her and she is us. I mean, to separate right. ourselves is to, well, it's the danger, you know. It's the. That's right. Da- I mean, is to to say I that does not exist in me. That possibility does not exist in me. But also, you know, honestly, my friend literally de- said she has lost her right to right. Ask, yeah. have forgiveness, which was shocking to me, and yeah. Yeah. she was in a sense trying to. Citing the Old Testament and citing the, but you know what struck me is is that that was it's a core question of and also who am I to uh, say she is or is not forgivable? I mean, it's well, like and also this, if 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 she could be unforgivable, you can be unforgivable. So why, if if it's possible that a human being can do something, that means it's possible that something you could do is unforgivable and. I can't think of that in myself. I know everything I've ever done for which I've had to apologize was a mistaken perception at that moment that I acted on. I have to be able to be forgiven. I have to be, or I can't function in a way. Does that make Mm. sense? I think so. I think so. I can't live with that, that guillotine hanging over my actions that I might become so lost and make such a huge mistake that I could never be forgiven. I don't think I could live that way. Well, I, I think I, what I do you hear think? you. And I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's after the fact, uh, after an action, you know, if, to be conscious of uh, the consequences or conscious of what uh, cause and effects, you know, the cause and effect of it. I see what yeah. you're saying. Um, yeah. I, I think from the point of view of what what I'm trying to tapping into at some points is that there's a part of me, you know, I'm not talking about on a legal plane or a, uh, but but on a sort of spiritual or metaphysical plane that there is no action on earth that isn't somehow born of consciousness and right. Uh, so to you know, but to name it evil or to name it un- unforgivable. I'm not capable of that in my human skin, my human brain. Yeah. Uh, but what I can tap into or try to stay in touch with is a sense of uh, the the huge mystery of it all and that uh, to move toward compassion and understanding and not closing the door on my enemy or on uh, is, is I just think, is it a way toward enlightenment, do I say, or awakening? And it's hard. It's sure. practice. Day by day, the guy who cuts in front of me in line, or the person who cuts <laughs> right. you off on the highway, That's right. and to take a breath and say, "Okay, uh, we are one. <laughs> I am him. <laughs> it's you know, I think it's what we're 
called to, but it's it's damn yeah. hard. It's all the it rage. It is. <laughs> it is all the rage, but it's. I think it. It's. Um, I think it is. I always. I, what I think of it as is, can you look past the veil? So I've, I'm writing a book called No One Is Broken because I raised a kid mm. who's on the autism spectrum, and autism is a very is a behavioral thing. And yeah. the challenge of working with kids on the spectrum is their behavior is odd and it can look broken. But if you can look past the veil of behavior, there is just the pulsing heart of humanity. Mm. Or if you can look past the veil of color or of gender, of sexual, all the things that make up the externals of our of what we're saying and doing. If you can look past that veil. There is just this thing so similar to you that it's hard to even tell the difference. It's there. It's there, but you have to practice. I have to practice looking past it all the time. I have to look past it in the mirror. I have to look past it in my wife. I have to look at my yeah. children and on certain presidential candidates. You know, I have to look past it <laughs> yeah. all the time. To, yeah, you know to I mean? the pulsing heart, as you say, even to the pulsing molecular structure the the light yeah. and the waves and the mystery of the energy that is our existence but somehow we're in these vessels these these capsules these human bodies where uh, you know we uh, you know we we screw up all the time and we hurt each other <laughs> and we love yep. each other and there is the the you know as you say the question that keeps rising anew every day and that's why i guess it's practice 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 yeah it is, and so here, here's an interesting question before we before I send you on your way. So this book was first was a one man show first, right? Uh, it, in this case, yes, it was. It it was an off Broadway show prior right. to turning itself completely into a book. Yes, into a book. Did you in in tran, in translating it into book form? Mm-hmm. Did you discover anything new about the subject matter that you hadn't already discovered in performing it? I'm sure hundreds of times on stage. You know, I did. Um, I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I covered. I was the the wonderful thing about a book. I mean, both. I love the theater, but you know, there is a real command there to be. You know, seventy-five yeah. or eighty minutes, and to, there's an event, and there's really just holding, being together in a room yeah. with a hundred or two hundred souls, and and going on a journey. It's very different yeah. than knowing that someone's sitting in an armchair, ha- reading sentences, having an intimate experience with the language, with the stories, of the images. Yeah. And I think what happened was I, I opened up into a, lo- a much broader uh, exploration of my father, my brother, even Siba. And I think, um, you know, it's interesting you ask some of the discoveries. I, if I, I wish I had at my fingertips, like some of the things that I remember in yeah. the book, thinking, oh, I, you know, I didn't quite plumb that in the play. But in in taking another year and a half of working on it before the book came out, and also, you know, just creating a, a more intimate language, um, yeah. I did I did make a, a lot more discoveries, and um, I also was able to follow up with Siba more completely because the show had closed uh, yeah. off-Broadway. Right. And I went to see him in Houston. He was a truck driver there. And so I was able to find out a bit more about Siba's life, how he had moved out into the United States and become, uh, you know, and, uh, as he said, uh, he moved to Houston. He said, oh, my God, finally I have found the sun again. Because, 
<laughs> I, I work with refugees here in New York now, and I still continue right. on and off. And I'm telling you, we just had our first snow on Friday, and I'm working with a young guy from, also he's 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 also from Chad actually, and he's just in shock, you know, from the snow and yeah. the cold. Yeah. But <laughs> I digress slightly. But it's yeah, the, the, it really is amazing to work in both forms as a as an, yeah. a, a direct address monologist. And as yeah. a you know memoir, and it's it's a definitely a different energy. And I learn I learn so much from switching back and forth actually as a writer. I, you know I just I hope our listeners hear that a lot of you guys are writers. And so here's a man who had a subject matter that he was intimately familiar with and had explored nightly for I don't know was it how long a run was it? Well, I've done it several different cities and places, oh, but okay. in New York initially the run was two and a half months, and then about two months, okay. and then uh, off to other cities. Yeah. That's a lot of shows. It's a lot of shows because you're doing six a night a week or eight a week or whatever. And so that's a lot of shows. But even then, see, this is the nature of creativity. When you open yourself up to a subject, again, and I know from my own experience, this has happened for me, that if you allow it, if you remain curious, something new, something new, something new always comes. It's amazing. Always. Always. But it is. (laughs) And just like you probably found something new every night you did it, I would imagine, if you let yourself. Yes, and yeah. also because the the you know the joy and the mystery of theater also is that, especially with storytelling or as the theater, the souls in the room, yeah, and the, the energy that is created with the very specific souls that showed up that night. That's right. Guide guide the the story. You know, if listening is when you're telling a story, you know, listening is the is the engine it's the bowl in which the liquid of the story is poured yep. you know and yep. uh so the it changes nightly no question yeah yeah I, I think that's i've been thinking about this a lot lately but the audience i'm speaking in terms of both the reading audience but i'm speaking specifically to to a live audience does not understand the role they have in that show that they are <laughs> equal participants but they absolutely are oh absolutely yeah they're they think they're passive and... but they're not they're present. No, and even even the everything. ones who are sleeping have you know my my, sh- my shrink would help me with that. I'd say, oh my god, I did a show tonight, and three people in the front row were asleep. She said, that's fine. They're having a wonderful experience. None of your business. <laughs> good therapist. All right, Martin, you're a good guy. I wish I'd keep talking to you, but I got one more question for you. Yeah, I'd like to well. ask all my guests. Uh, finish this sentence for me. If writing has taught you it, just writing. Period. If it's taught you anything. It's taught you what. If writing, it has taught me step by step, ever more, day by day, to love myself. Good answer, Martin. Uh, You can't beat that. All right, well, listen, if people want to find out more about you, they should go to where? MartinMoran.com. I wish I can couldn't find that domain. <laughs> oh, okay. All, uh, alltherageplay.com and that's okay. all alltherageplay.com and and it has all the news on there. I don't have a lot of performances coming up. I'm actually going into the Broadway show Wicked next month for the next several months. Ooh. Oh, and uh, so I can, uh, folks on Broadway call it the, a Broadway government job. It's marvelous. It's a <laughs> long-running, long-running show. It's a steady paycheck, and it's a wonderful show. Excellent. So I'm doing that. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, and there's news there about writing. I'm writing a new play that's a multi-character play, and and um, mm-hmm. there is, you know, the audio book of All the Rage just came out not long ago, and won an audio. Oh, 
Do you read audio it? Award. I, I it, yes, I I do read it. Okay, and there's okay. so the audio book of both book, the tricky part and all the rage just came out. So you can keep an eye out for those and all the rage is coming out uh, s- shortly. This in 2018 in paperback, and it's out in ebook. But alltherageplay.com would be the place to go, and I appreciate Excellent. that. And you know, just to follow up on that question you asked, which I love, when I I obviously implicit in that is in loving oneself. You know, in growing to love myself, the practice of that. It's you know to love us, to love we, yeah, us. You know, yeah. so yeah. I know that's in there, but. Uh, there's it only is. one life you one life you can save and that's that's right. That's your own. Uh, so, Martin. You're good <laughs> man. Keep up the good work. I look forward and to your next too. book. Or maybe getting to see your play. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love, 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 love it out there in the Pacific Northwest. I was at the Intamon Theater with my first play oh, for yeah. a long time some years ago and I hope to get back out there again to that beautiful part of the world. And uh Well, so we'd love to you. have you. <laughs> Thank you. And many all blessings for the season and happy new year too. You too, Martin. Take it easy. You too, Bill. Thanks. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Love yourself, people. Martin's absolutely right about that. If you love yourself, then you know what it is you want to share. It's true. It's true. It's true. I will be back next week talking to Mr. Who am I talking to? I can't remember. Oh, David Rockland. That'll be a lot of fun. Till then, find something you love to do and do it. Do it all the time. Oh, I can't. Play my music. It's too bad. It won't play. Ah, there it will. Listen to good music. Okay. Take it easy, everybody. 